Welcome to episode 34 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Steven Stiles. And wow, if anyone was wondering if it was going to be a wild and crazy deadline for the Montreal Canadiens or a complete dud, I guess we know the answer to that. Dud it is. Talk about a letdown. It just is amazing how much the injuries actually plagued the Montreal Canadiens. Their only real move of all the people that people were hoping to see get moved was Evgeny Donatov was sent to Dallas for Dennis Garanoff, who at least is a younger forward a restricted asset, lots of talent, lots of speed. Matter of fact, some people say elite speed, elite vision, elite passing, and has looked good the first couple of games that he's actually been with the Montreal Canadiens. But other than that, literally, we saw Nate Schnarr from the AHL prospect go to LA for Frederick Allard, defensive prospect. In a deal with San Jose, Montreal was kind of like a broker position where Montreal acquired salary, sent a former seventh round pick from several years ago, Arvid Henrik and ended up with a fifth-round pick and defensive prospect Tony Sund. So, not very exciting at all, but unfortunately the injuries had so much to do with that that we'll get into. Perhaps the positive view on these trades was the fact Montreal did get a much-needed right-hand defenseman in Frederick Allard from the Los Angeles Kings, so that was a plus. We saw that trade also exchange 25-year-olds roughly, so same age bracket. Again, Montreal got younger with the Dallas trade and theoretically more skilled, and Montreal was able to acquire a fifth-round pick from the San Jose-Pittsburgh deal. Not sure whatever other reason there was to actually be involved in that trade. So that's kind of the highlights in it. And perhaps the acquired defensive talent Tony Sund, being that he's 6'3", he supposedly has a nasty side to him, maybe that can make up for a little bit of loss from the Arbor Jacki injury and maybe can play an important role there for the rest of the season. Or maybe he can just add something for the AHL team in Lavelle, who seems to be really gearing up after a questionable beginning of their season which I don't think was questionable or any kind of talent issue. I think it was more a gelling issue. You had a lot of changes. And Laval, like Montreal this year and next year, is going to continue to have a lot of changes in their roster. No question about that. But nobody can fault the Montreal management here. This is not a stumble by Jeff Gordon or Kent Hughes. Injuries just divested the team. And the sad part about it is injuries also divested the team last year as well, which I think brings up the bigger issue here that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But injuries really just stacked up. There really wasn't any trades to be made. There was lots of rumors, of course, at the very end or near the last 10 days about Josh Anderson, Christian Dvorak, maybe even a little Jonathan Druan activity. But Druan has spent so much of his time the past two years on the injury list as well. Hasn't really shown anything. Just scored his first goal of this season to go along with his 17 assists. So what would another team be willing to give up for him? You would really have to end up in a position where a team like Colorado had some junior chemistry with Nathan McKinnon, as Jonathan Duran was his line mate, and just wants to see if anything can be recreated. I mean, really to get any kind of value out of Duran at this point. And there are some people talking about bringing him back for like a $1 million contract next year. I think you just have to move on from the whole Jonathan Duran. Not that he couldn't be valuable to the team for just a million dollars, but he's taking 
taking up a roster spot. A roster spot that many AHL players have deserved at the very least prospects could have available to them. Between his injuries and everything else that he's gone through, I just think he needs a new start. Not only for him, but also for the organization as well. I just don't see keeping him around as any kind of advantage. I know there's some people that are still, oh my god, he's got so much talent, he's a great passer, he's a great visionary. Nothing has been seen on the ice. I mean, how long do you wait out or how long are you willing to wait for those talents to appear? And at this point, if they haven't, it's either going to take certain line mates of tremendous talent to bring him out, or he's just never going to pull it off at the NHL level. And he'll go down as one of those players that, oh my God, so talented, but didn't really do anything at the pro level. And there's been a lot of players like that over the years. It just doesn't come together for them. But if you're driven by teams making a lot of trades, you just have to be excited beyond with the complete, as they're calling it, arm race or gearing up for the playoffs by the Toronto Maple Leafs, New York Rangers, New Jersey Devils, Chicago Blackhawks, Nashville Predators, even the Coyotes and Ducks, along with the Red Wings, Blue Jackets, Sharks, and Blues all got in on it. The ironic part about it is several of those teams now have those three draft draft picks in the 2023 entry draft coming up that Ken Hughes so badly wanted for his organization. I guess now the focus really becomes the offseason, the summer. What can Kent Hughes move before the draft and after the draft to acquire more draft picks, to acquire assets that he feels fit in and might be able to buy time for player development and what spots buy those trades at the draft or during the summer after the draft can he open up for more rookies to establish and take their place on the team i still think the highlight of this year has been by far not only the three rookie defensemen that made the team but eventually a total of five and it'll be interesting to see what happens next year i think the team has a particular project of interest over the summer and that is to evaluate the organization from an injury medical performance standpoint because it's just something that cannot continue the injuries have just been ridiculous over the last couple of years and the scary part about it is they've also even taken their toll now not only on veterans that you could say well they've been in the league for a long time so their bodies are kind of torn up they're easier to get injured we're talking about players like arbor jack guy cole caulfield Caden Gooley was out for 20 games. Kirby Doc is out the rest of the year. First round pick over our year, Ive Slavkowski is out for the year. It is never good to see young players go out with season-ending injuries, most of which have required some kind of a surgery to them. At least 50% have, as Cole Caulfield has. Arbor Jack guy will. Caden Gooley, fortunately, did not. He came back. And so far, Kirby Doc and Yurav Slavkowski are not requiring surgery. And I hope they don't. I hope all of them, along with every other player that's been injured this year, are able to make a full recovery. Sean Monahan, of course, had to be the most disappointing. Everybody thought Montreal was going to be able to turn him into yet another first round or at least a very high second round pick. And I think his career might be over with in Montreal as well. But if going into the offseason, Montreal is going to re-sign one of these injured players, I think Monahan, because of what he's shown and because of how well he fit in with so many different lines, is the guy to go with. And he's 27, 28, 
28 years old. Maybe he can be that solid mentor, if you will, that sometime second, third line center, fill a void there, because I think there's going to be some more movement at the center position. I think the only two dedicated centers Montreal truly has in place is Nick Suzuki's number one. Kirby Doc, I think, has established himself as number two. After that, it's kind of a crapshoot. Not that there hasn't been players that have played well, but again, injuries out of the lineup. Montreal has to solidify that down the center ice position in all four positions on that. I think that's going to be a really key thing this off summer. But with the lack of activity in this trading season, maybe that means players such as Joel Armia, Mike Hoffman, Joel Edmondson, David Savard, Christian Dvorak, at least are the hot topics next year. So maybe those players will be moved at next trade deadline, even though that everyone was hoping that they'd be moved this trade deadline. Another question again, right between the trade deadline and injuries, which are kind of a combination issue these days as far as a combined topic to discuss, is now, once again, Brendan Gallagher has been out extensively this year. What happens to him? So next year, it wouldn't surprise me at all if right off the bat, obviously Paul Byron's contract is going to expire, so that's coming off long-term LTIR. You're still going to have Carey Price with that. Sean Monahan. let's just hypothetically pose something here, makes a recovery, signs a one-year deal in Montreal, remains with the team, and is on the roster next year, and hopefully, for his sake, for the first time in who knows how long, has a completely healthy season, and if nothing else, at least positions himself to gain. Montreal significant return asset value. But does that mean we go into the next season with both Carey Price and Brendan Gallagher, who combined represent $17 million of LTIR salary? Brendan Gallagher at this point, I mean, if you look at his last three seasons with the injuries alone, the way he's been beat up, just the shell of a player that he's become. Honestly, can anybody say he's got anything left in the gas tank? I mean, when he's healthy, when he's got decent line mates, yeah, he still looks like a contributing member to the team, but injuries have just ravaged him to no extent. I mean, he literally just dropped like a stone. There wasn't a gradual decline. It was like he fell off a cliff. So between now and next season, I guess we just kind of watch the season unfold and the exciting news about the rest of the regular season at the NHL level is where does Montreal end up? What draft choice did they end up with? How deep within the top 10 of a pick do they get? Are they outside of the top 10? Can they get a top five just by maybe sheer luck or lottery rules and things like that? It will be exciting to watch all their prospects that have yet to make the team. As many have had tremendous seasons, everybody has to be very excited for a right-hand defenseman at six foot three, 215 pounds plus the season that Logan Mylou is having in the Ontario Hockey League. That has to be extremely exciting. At the minimal, that brings a great prospect potential to Lavelle, but you have to wonder how quickly he's going to be ready to come to the National Hockey League, which again, I said, poses kind of an interesting problem because right now, if you think of the five rookie defensemen that have made it, plus Mike Matheson, you've got your starting six, and that still leaves a host of others as far as extra. It's always good to have extra defensemen. That might just fall into the family of too many extra defensemen. But it will be really exciting to watch all of those prospects 
prospects in the OHL playoffs and see how they progress. So that'll keep excitement in the regular season. Also, a huge shout out to Martin St. Louis after acquiring Dennis Garanoff as he responded with he'd rather make his own opinion rather than relying on other people's opinion, seeing what the player can actually do, seeing where the player actually fits, how he can help that player succeed. What a breath of fresh air instead of basing his opinion on other people's conjecture. He is such a perfect coach for this team in countless ways right now. You couldn't ask for a better coach to work with younger players. You couldn't ask for a better coach to impart his actual knowledge of the game that he recently left. So he has played the modern game, which these younger players can relate to more than any other type of experience. And you can see the clear benefit he has and is becoming for the younger players as they're just able to showcase their skills so much faster than traditionally rookies have been able to do. And that has been so fantastic to watch. On that note, thank you for tuning into episode 34. I am your host, Steven Stiles. I hope you have a fantastic week, and I am looking forward to continuing to talk about all kinds of things occurring once the regular season not only ends and concludes, the playoffs will be very interesting as it seems to be wide open as a multitude of teams. The East looks like by far the powerhouse, but there are at least probably eight or nine teams that could end up winning the Stanley Cup this year, which from an excitement standpoint and not just a clear, oh, well, this team's already got into the bag. Who cares even at this point of watching it? It should generate a lot of excitement. Have a fantastic upcoming week.